connected. All right, here comes some music for the audience. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell their own rich no to love to change the world boy does it need some changing in a positive direction and that's of course what we try and concentrate on doing i don't know if we can change the whole the whole shooting match but we can sure change ourselves you know the old uh, aa thing is you know the one thing you can change is you okay and that's what we concentrate on doing enough of us do that and we may be able to send some ripples around this big old globe we'll see take it a day at a time here at the radio ranch and uh today is one more day in the notch of the belt and it is the day that is dated 2 22 february 16 two days after the sweethearts day on monday and maybe still got some sweetheart vibes flowing i sure do love you guys and i uh, tell you that often not just on valentine's day how much you each and every one of you mean to me and uh, i'm not i'm not bsing about that either and uh, the more you get into this and the more you get this truth embedded in your psyche and the more you find other people that are on the same wavelength as you you'll understand more and more of what i'm talking about in a first-hand personal way uh of course uh, as i said we're the radio ranch i'm roger sales and it's the eurofolkradio.com platform that we're very proud to be broadcasting on and associated with such fine fine upstanding individuals as paul english and andrew carrington hitchcock and jim ram who follows us here of course and some of the other folks eli james and uh, all, all the fine folks here on eurofolk that make up our little composite schedule so, uh, gosh, let's see. How do we start out today? Uh, interesting stuff. Uh, Gary was just uh, talking to me right before the show kicked off, talking about asking me if I'd heard about Trudeau's uh, uh, martial law and his dictator things. And they can claim. Now, you, you, the series of events that's happening up there is real serious. They're leading little sleepy Canada. You know, where everyone is out and about and they're so nice and they're very polite and, uh, and they love hockey. And uh, here these guys are the center of the entire world on blowback and stand up to these people. Uh, they are absolutely stepping forward and leading the way. And you got to be proud of them and tip your hat to them. They're really putting an example up. They've at this point continued to be nonviolent, although now you're seeing the violence come from the establishment side, the declaration as gary and i'm sure everybody has heard about the martial law declaration it's the first time that they've ever invoked this uh, emergency act i believe which is supposed to be from an imminent outside threat from what i heard uh and obviously it's not the outside threat is the world economic forum and the davos bunch um and uh, they're taking great extremes now they're even going to start uh, one of the things that is really shocking that they did was went in and evidently used the Canadian intelligence service hacker team to go in and hack Gibson Go and get the donators. And now they're going after them personally. They can go in with this new law, this new dictatorship. He's not he's not a prime minister anymore. He's a dictator. He's the little the little twerp is what he always wanted to be. Okay. 
and uh, they can go into your crypto. They can go in and close your bank account and seize everything without a court order. Uh, they're uh, going after the tow truck owners who refuse to tow the trucks because they refuse to tow the trucks. Now they're going after the tow truck company owners um it's uh, no telling how far it's going to escalate or how much these nice canuckers uh, are going to sit back and take it until uh, you get some eruption and uh, what really needs to happen in all honesty is uh, mr trudeau needs to hang at the end of a rope and dangle for the whole country and in fact the entire world to see uh, I'm seeing, hearing that more and more uh, out of people's mouths that I've never heard that before. Uh, I was uh, was listening to a doctor. Uh, Alex was uh, interviewing some doctor here recently. Uh, this doctor now, doctor who's saying, if I could get a plane with an atom bomb, I'd drop it on Davos. Just a doctor, okay? Uh, Alex Jones on Saturday got on there and started talking about. It. He's always said, "Send him to prison, prison, prison." Well, he's saying, "I want they should hang, and I want to walk them up the gate, and I want to pull the lever and see them dance." So you're getting to that point where lines of heretofore strict, uh, uh, strict separation are being crossed, and uh, you can see the attitude building. And it's uh, well, it's about damn time. If they only knew what we knew, they'd arrived at that conclusion a long time ago. Okay, And uh, uh, I think these guys are imploding all over the place. Every vector they've got. Uh, the, the new uh, Durham filing from last Friday that indicts Obama, Hillary Clinton, this big-time Jew lawyer, Suskind, I believe his name. Even Andrew Weissman resigned. Uh, yesterday Sussman Sussman. Andrew Weissman who is as bad a piece of revelation two and three nine crap as there is up there in the District of Columbia Andrew Weissman this guy is absolutely horrible okay he even resigned yesterday so uh, uh, no telling what all the backlash of that's going to be I know it's still continuing and I don't stay on top of it I just keep hearing folks talk about it and put my own thoughts together on it but uh, quite interesting the unraveling that's going on and it really, really, really sets up prime false flag territory. Okay, it appears that Russia has uh, uh, got them in checkmate again over there in the Ukraine, and uh, Putin is so good at playing cat and mouse with these guys. <laughs> he he's as good as there is in the world at it, to, in my knowledge. And I think of I call him Vlad the Destroyer. Uh, always been a favorite of mine for years and uh, I just really like to see the guy work and uh, man I wish we had a president like that you know uh, so anyway that's kind of my I guess my opening monologue if you will I don't have a whole lot of other stuff to talk about except I'm seeing a lot of interest I'm getting some very interesting emails from people I got one from a guy named Peter uh, through the website but uh, I gotta believe that's a uh, that it because we understand the workings of what ours does and i think we you can probably impute that into those situations and i don't know uh what john smith is doing here as of late but i keep trying to tell andy you know you guys really need to look into this this is the ultimate answer right here and you know the thing is if you read the protocols you know there's an there's a part in the protocols a statement that says we will get them arguing over issues of little difference. 
And all of these things are very important. You know, I mean, all these issues that people talk about and all these other show hosts that they dwell on and all that stuff. But realistically, any of that stuff is as important as what we talk about here. And, and yanking the rug out from under these damn thieving, liar, and murdering bastards, satanic bastards, and literally taking away their legitimacy that they've acquired through trickery and fraud? Is any of these other things even come close to the level of that? Not in my mind. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. So, uh, and that's why I feel like we're so pointed and directed here, and I try and stay focused like a laser beam on this, even though we do uh, uh, go on and drift in those things. Try what On those other issues, what I try and do, Dan, is to take and tie them into what we do and show you how they're doing it and emphasize what we do here always. But, um, you know, we'll get them arguing over issues a little different. And why people do not all see this and jump on the bandwagon because man if we had that collective mindset and activity uh we would have done a lot more damage already than we've done and we may get that in the future i don't know but uh i hope so pray so uh but then i have to be realistic in the fact that in all these years it just really touches a small group of people and like this guy peter that wrote me you know hey i want to do this my spouse doesn't okay so uh i don't know anyway dan we'll go back to yours i got sidetracked with your stuff but it's really nice to have you uh, i'm glad to know your background and you're kind of involved with acting out there is that why you're in southern california well not anymore no it's i mean a, in a very peanut shell version i i came as an actress did that for a while then i met my wife and we started writing together and so then after another very long story short um we co-produced and co-directed um, one of our screenplays and that went uh, on to become a feature film that has now um, 25 awards and 23 nominations well, god so bless I, you god bless you good for you thank you and uh, but you know what i what i like to say is that uh, when we were in the process of uh, trying to find a distributor for it and we you know had our representative pitching it to all these hollywood distribution companies not one wanted to pick it up and that to me uh is the greatest accolade because it's really a film from the heart and for the heart you know it doesn't have any violence doesn't have any uh, uh drugs no no crime any of that nature so any like sex. any like open sex or anything no well nothing. no wonder they didn't want to pick it up <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> So. A clean, wholesome American story. We can't have any of that. You might right. influence somebody. Um, <laughs> do you know that you know who Eustace Mullins was? Does that name ring a bell? Eustace Mullins. No. Well, you need to you need to bone up on him a little bit. He's one of the real patriarchs of our movement. Part of the reason we're all here today, in some way, shape, or form, is because of Eustace Mullins. And uh, Eustace Mullins was uh, in college around the D.C. area, and in one of his classes, the uh, the professor knew a, um, a revolutionary guy named Ezra Pound. Have you ever heard of him, Ezra Pound? No. Well, you want you might want to write these things, those names down. I am. You look into them. Ezra Pound is a was a hell of a guy. He uh, actually edited four. Uh, no Nobel Prize winning poets Yeats and uh, Ernest Hemingway and a couple of other ones. He was the son of a constitutional law professor named Roscoe Pound. 
who used to teach up at Harvard, and he knew what was going on, and he left the States in World War II and went to Italy and was broadcasting on shortwave about all of these Jews and what they're doing and how they're doing it. And they actually went over there and arrested him, Roosevelt did, brought him back to the States and threw him in an insane asylum, St. Elizabeth's Insane Asylum outside of D.C. with no legal process. And Eustace Mullins was a young student at that point, and his professor knew Ezra Pound. And so what he would do is send Eustace over there every Friday afternoon, and he'd spend hours with Ezra Pound. Now, what Eustace Mullins brought to the table was that he was a page at the Library of Congress at the time. And so he could go into the Library of Congress and go down in the basement where they got documents that aren't even cataloged and go through and get all that source material. And at one point, because he had the familiarity of the building, he found a bedroom in a little suite down beneath, I don't know on what floor, there's a couple of floors underneath there. And so what he'd do is he'd come in on Friday, I guess he'd go visit Ezra Pound, come back to the library of congress sneak downstairs to where that room was and they'd close the library of congress and he'd have free reign of the whole thing all weekend and so he did copious amounts of research okay and uh he was the first person to write a book on the federal reserve and it's called secrets of the federal reserve this is where i'm going to tie into what you said but you needed to know that background. And so he wrote that in the early 50s, I believe, and he sent it to 21 publishers in New York, and every one of them accepted it, and every one of them called back the next day and canceled. (laughs) So he finally had to get his book published in Germany, and they seized his book on the tarmac getting loaded onto the plane and that was the first book burned in germany since hitler burned all those books in berlin wow is it is it available now oh yeah secrets of the federal reserve and in fact the the real go-to book that you hear about is g edward griffin's creature from jekyll island Okay, that G. Edward Griffin was commissioned to write Creature from Jekyll Island by the John Birch Society because because Eustace Mullins gives the lowdown on the Jews and Zionism and John Birch Society is a is a counter uh, control group and they didn't want all that. So they uh, contracted with G. Edward Griffin to write Creature from Jekyll Island to cover up Eustace Mullins's book on the Federal Reserve. Wow. Yeah, I do know about the Jekyll Island book. I haven't read it, though. Uh, quite, a, quite a guy. I had the privilege and honor of seeing Eustace Mullins in person uh, four or five times and uh, shaking his hand a couple of times, meeting him personally, and getting a couple of his books autographed, which I've long since lost. But what a great American this guy was. He's got He's got a bunch of books out there on all this stuff he's the only person that's ever written a book on the uh uh the american medical association ama and it's called murder by injection uh goes into the whole story of how how uh, the rockefellers uh, co-opted the whole medical establishment closed all the naturopathic colleges there's like 150 plus naturopathic colleges homeopathic medical colleges and by the time they got ama started they were down to like five or seven 
So Eustace Mullins, you might want to do a little research into him, especially being a, a writer and stuff. Fascinating individual. What a great American. They tried to kill him a number of times, and he always escaped. And he had the best attitude about it. He'd just get up there and laugh about, well, they tried to burn me down in a hotel one night and -and (laughs) so-and-so. He he was just a great guy. And he had that – he was from uh, what part? He was from western Virginia. I'm trying to think of the town. Staunton. Staunton, Virginia. And he had that Virginia accent, which is very similar to Canadians. And they used the same out and about those types of uh, when they're using those words particularly. But he had that accent. He was just a really great, great guy and one of the real patriarchs of our movement, in all honesty. E-U-S-T-A-C-E is the way you spell his name. Eustace. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I just see that someone messaged me uh, privately. I'll get back to you um, afterwards. Um, okay. So I do have a question. Actually, okay. still several. Good. Um, so let me see here. Um, and and I know you covered this previously. I just want to make. I, I just didn't get it. I guess the first time. That's okay. Um, so this process is basically opting us out of the 14th Amendment and all the, you know, all the, the ties that come with that. But how many um, amendments are still applicable to us? Does that mean that we're basically going back to the original Constitution? Yes, it does. Okay. Okay. Now, let's go into that with a little more detail, okay? Yeah. They've had to jump through some hoops along the way, and that's why it took them 100 years to get to the point where they could slam the door, Okay. And uh, one of the first hoops they had to get across was a Supreme Court case in 1894 called Plessy v. Ferguson. Have you heard us talk about that? Yes, it's it's also in the book, right? I believe it's not in my book. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, I didn't I didn't know this back when the book was written. There's there's so much in that book. I don't know if we could have jammed all the rest of the stuff we know now into it, honestly. But it's a very foundational uh, book. It's a masterpiece book, not because I wrote it, but because my teachers edited it, and uh, because a, lot, a number of people have told me that as feedback. And it's a very very important book. And even though it's not updated, it everybody ought to read it for a foundational understanding of this. All right. But Plessy, uh, what when the 14th Amendment was passed, it set up these two separate citizenships, distinct and not equal. Okay. And those are known in our country as the Jim Crow laws. You've heard of those, Dan? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that came from an old song back in the earlier part of the 1800s called Jumpin' Jim Crow. And then when the 14th Amendment and all that came, they took that song title, I guess it was very popular, and and tagged it into these two separate laws and the separate facilities, white and black, white and black, because it was originally seen as an amendment for black folks, okay? giving them a status they didn't have before actually it was of course a ruse and it gave them a a different type of status where they were still property okay uh and so because of that you had separate facilities everywhere 
and because of the prejudice that went on and all the things of the day, okay? And that was tested, of course, in Plessy v. Ferguson by a bunch of progressive black folks out of New Orleans in progressive period. I don't know that they were necessarily all black folks. And uh, that case, they went out and found Plessy, who was nine-tenths white, so they took up a contribution. It was spirited by a newspaper, and uh, and New Orleans was the venue. They went out and had to find Plessy because he was such uh, such a slim black uh, 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 ethnicity in his makeup to test these Jim Crow laws. And when it all came out, it came back with the description of separate but equal. Okay. So, of course, black drinking fountains and white drinking fountains, restrooms, etc., can't be equal. But what they were saying there is both of these entities had a political status and n- not necessarily equal, but they both had a political status. One of them was obviously subservient. Well, that's what they had to overcome. And uh, it took them almost about, well, this was in the 1890s, so it took them about 50, 50, 60 years in 1954 with a case called Brown versus Board of Education. Have you heard us talk about that? Yes, uh, but that must be a while ago. It was. Okay, well, let me just give you a thumbnail on it. This was how they set up overturning Plessy and making everybody equal so they could pull the back part of this off. Okay, and so that's they started busing in Little Rock, Arkansas. They started busing the black kids from the poor side of town over to the white schools, and the affluent white students from the white part of town over to the black schools. Well, obviously, everybody was upset about it. Okay, they stirred the pot real good. They picked a real good example to get this started. And uh, I remember, I vaguely remember some of the TV coverage of that when I was young. And um, they even had to call federal troops in uh, to Little Rock, and and there was all kinds of emergency stuff and this, that, and the other. And uh, so that case went to the Supreme Court as Brown versus Board of Education. And uh, they came back and said, the thumbnail for the case, came back and said, equal in the classroom, equal in the society. Now, now what we know now, they could have just as easily said, equal in the white country club, equal in the society. But they didn't. They used the bottom, uh, the, the, the black side of this, the citizen of the United States side, because that's what they want everybody to be equal in the classroom equal in the society now we know and i don't i didn't even really realize this until you know a few years ago not many um that what they did was it wasn't an either or deal anymore it was a they're both and that's what that state department policy document says where it states all u.s citizens are u.s nationals so instead of separate but equal they made them the same and now they only ask you one side of the question. Are you a citizen of the United States? They don't ask you, are you a citizen of the United States or a national? They never ask anybody if you're a national. They always ask, are you a citizen of the United States? Legally, technically, that is not full disclosure. And there's fraud right there. Okay. So that's how they overcame it. Now, the important thing is, as I was figuring this out and thinking it through, and 54 kept bugging me. You know, that's sometimes the subconscious will give you answers, right? 54, 54, 54. And it hit me. 
and two months after brown versus board of education was was decided they brought in the 1954 internal revenue code and that was the capstone on their pyramid okay they made everybody equal they got it all set up where they could ask everybody are you a citizen of the united states are you a resident they'd conditioned us all through the early part of the last century to answer yes and they got all that finally done then they put the internal revenue code the taxation code into place and that's what makes everything because it's not that they make so much money off the taxes it's that they're able to regulate the rest of the economic activity and value of the dollar and they're able to use the irs as a terrorist organization and as a political influence the internal revenue code where they can favor groups they want to favor and disfavor groups they don't want to favor see and so it's not that they're making a bunch of money off of it it is that they're collecting those taxes and paying off the debt to the bondholders which in many instances is them but it's they can regulate everything else using it too so uh, uh, anyway there's probably a you know that's probably a nine mile stretch around to answer your question but i think that's a real important background especially for you to understand on how we got here and some of the history in our country that because you're a foreigner that's naturalized you probably might not have a lot of immediate familiarity with hell a bunch of our people are born and raised here don't have any familiarity with it either okay in essence, we have equal misery for all. Isn't this a great country? <laughs> or what? <laughs> yeah, and I tell you what, man, and my, my old friend Brent Bachman there, who I've known for 30 years, and uh, just tickled to death to have him with us. Obviously, he's a black guy, and I love to work with the black folks here uh, because that's who they've really used to enslave everybody. Okay, and uh, it's not that I I hate to see the the black culture, and I I, I don't like a lot of that. But man, when you when you you guys come out and separate yourself from that, Brent, you and James, and you know the people we're talking about, man, it's just real special to me to work with you and help you get free of all of this crap because I think that aggravates them doubly. Even when the white guys get free, I think it just really sticks in their craw when they got to free the black people. Amen, brother. Okay. So, Dan, let's go on and continue with you. All right. Uh, so, did that get uh, up to your question, answered a oh, bit? Because yes. uh, I've given you a lot of background here, but I think it's beneficial for you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, now, um, I'd like to move on to the slaughterhouse cases. Oh, good um, case. <laughs> I um I didn't read the whole thing, but just you know what what was in the book, and that sparked some questions. So uh, the the slaughterhouse cases um, they only talk about a small s state, and um, so that then sparked the question: Well, the uh, cap the big s state of you know California, Nevada, whatever are they all? That's the first question. I have a second question after that. So the, the big-ass state of California, for example, mm-hmm. are they all uh, incorporated in D.C.? I'm not sure. I'm not. Honestly, I don't know the answer to the question, but I would tell you after the Civil War, they ceased being small-ass states, and they became capital. Well, those are federal territories, The uh, but they are political subdivisions of Washington, D.C., 
Right, so basically field offices of... In essence, and this uh-huh. all goes back to the feudal, uh, 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 the feudal formula. If you receive the benefit, you owe the duty. And they do that, and I'm not sure what mechanisms they've used since the Civil War, but they do it with all these federal m- money and funding. In other words, you pay gas, you, you drive a car out there in Los Angeles, okay? Uh-huh. And that means you fill up with gas, all right? And so you're paying federal gas taxes, all right and so they take those back to dc probably steal a bunch of them like they do with social security and they divvy it back to the state for whatever roads or whatever they're going to do with it internally there and so now you come under the formula that you've received a benefit and you owe the duty and you notice uh, in these mandates when the some of these court decisions came down a year year and a half or a year or so ago and recently fairly uh what was the dividing criteria that whatever the institution received federal funding so if they receive federal funding now they fall under the auspices of these laws and the federal government can mandate them because they received a benefit and their mandate and, and obedience is owing a duty yeah that, that's exactly right yeah okay that makes sense to you now the Uh federal states and you can look on that certificate of non-citizen nationality and the for the audience some of you may be new let me give you a reference point here it's a very important document as important a document as i've stumbled on since i've been doing this okay and it's at travel.state.gov travel.state.gov and it's under certificate of non-citizen nationality and underneath the body of the letter there where it quote I, it quotes what i told you earlier all u.s citizens are u.s nationals they go into some explanations down there have you heard us talk about this dan okay yes i'm actually looking up um, i have the copy of the uh, certificate i'm just okay. going through my okay well here. underneath the up. yeah i'll just give a little setup while you're looking underneath this the body of that letter which is telling american samoans you know, I know we used to issue these certificates of non-citizen nationality, but, you know, the cost of paper and ink has gotten so absorbent that we really just advise you to apply for a passport. Okay, And so that's basically what the whole thing revolves around. Um, but underneath that, they give some explanations. I don't know why the hell they put this stuff in there, honestly, but they did, and it's right there. And if you understand what you're looking for, you can see it jumps out off the page at you. Uh, right uh, one at one of the ones at the top of the bottom of the body of the letter. This is underneath that main meat of the certificate of non-citizen nationality. And it says, according to some section of the INA, Immigration and Naturalization Act, and then it quotes a sentence out of a piece of organic legislation from 1940 where they set this whole thing up called the Nationality Act of 1940 that's over in the organic statutes at large, the real organic laws of the U.S. And under the Nationality Act of 1940, the heading right there on the legislation immediately after that's a number of definitions and definition a is quoted here in this document over here that they carried over to the immigration naturalization act obviously and it says a national doesn't say a u.s national doesn't say a non-citizen national even though above it they're talking about american samoans here it says a national owes total allegiance to a small s state 
Now, if you know the background here and you know some of this law, which they don't teach in our law schools, probably haven't for 100 years, uh, this R plus D equals R, protection for allegiance, allegiance for protection, all these things that are so integral in the concept of jurisdiction. If you understand that and you see a national law's total allegiance, well, allegiance for protection and protection for allegiance is the formula for jurisdiction. So if you owe complete allegiance and the state owes you total protection, okay, a, a national owes total allegiance to a small s state. There's your, there's your state citizen. There's the national right there. And if you understand that other stuff, which, of course, most people don't, you, you can look at that sentence. I mean, when I saw it the first time, well, there it is right there. Okay. Now, to firmer, confirm this further, if you go down just a little bit in that document, it tells you what the federal states are, and they have a capital S, D.C., Puerto Rico, etc. So the small s state now is the original private state and that political entity of that small state would house its citizens now called nationals used to be called state citizens yeah yeah and i'm glad you brought that up because now the follow-up question to that is do we even have small s state government because honestly security and protection from California small s state does not sound very exciting well yes and no you don't have it overtly but the offices are still there and I mean I, I think honestly my personal thoughts is that when you've got a secretary of state and attorney general of California they're wearing both hats but they defer to the federal hat position. Now, the reason I say that is there have been some folks around the country that have reestablished those state governments. So the offices have still got to be there. Okay. You got to realize these guys with all their power, all they can do is veneer over this. They can't go in and change these underlying things that are so big and established. Okay. And the reason I say that is because I, have a friend that lives in North Carolina that was associated with these guys. And they have reestablished not the state of North Carolina. That's the federal subdivision. What they did was they reestablished the key offices for North Carolina state. And the main guy's name's John Ainsworth, and he's the secretary of state, and they have elections, and they elect president and all that stuff and they've been going for 15 plus years easy and maybe more okay and uh they've to my knowledge have never had any problems they haven't grown very much they're not really effective but they have effectively removed themselves from the federal subdivision of the state of north carolina and that basically is what anna von Reitz is trying to do the way i understand it is go back in and establish all these independent states they some guys tried it in michigan years ago some guys tried it in colorado years ago but ainsworth is the only one that i know that was successful at it and long term does that help answer your question at all yes absolutely okay you want to go back to the slaughterhouse cases did you have some particulars on that because i really like that case yeah no that that was um 
basically it for my questions regarding the slaughterhouse cases. I uh, I got a good grasp on them, but it was just wondering about the small ass state and big ass state and the difference between the two. And uh, so, well, actually, let me ask you this then. You said that the governor and the uh, attorney general of each state, they're wearing both hats. I use that. I use that. Well, they must be. Okay. And I'm Mm going to tell you why I say that is some recent examples out of your state, California, with Efrain and and Don, who I think you probably know both of those folks. Okay. Um, they submitted their affidavit with notice to the attorney general of the state of California. Okay. And we didn't, we're learning, we're learning as we go. All right. And so I did not think through enough to have this people put legal lawful notice at the top of the heading of the cover letter. Notice to the principals, notice to the agent, notice to the agents, notice to the principal, right? what happened here okay and so um the uh the attorney general wrote back and said well we don't give legal advice well we weren't asking for legal advice okay but in the body of the letter it said something about we recognize our private citizens not public private and so that tells me definitively that they know that there's two statuses or they wouldn't have put we recognize and whatever to our private citizens in the return letter yeah i remember that okay let's see if i can find this stupid thing okay all right what else can we help with then um well i was just uh, interested i know you you talked um about glenn uh ambord the other day but I was more interested in um, specifically, like, what kind of charges did they trump up for him? And, oh, and, man. and also, um, really, the more important question to me, did, did he change his status before they prosecuted him? We didn't know about this back then. Oh, it was just about the taxes, right? Right. See, we didn't know about all this until after they were even out of jail. And I decided... And moved to Argentina. See, I knew all this background stuff, but I didn't have the key because they keep changing the labels. I knew there was two statuses. I knew what they'd done, but they keep calling it, labeling it different things. And when I saw that passport application, a couple of things came together, and I said, damn, I've got these guys. Okay, and that was what solidified it for me. And uh, I don't remember if they were out of jail or not when I moved to Argentina, but that was my seminal moment. Yeah, got it. Yeah, okay, good. I got this straightened out. Well, welcome to the group, Dan. You're obviously a very intelligent, sharp young man, and we're tickled to death to have you, especially another naturalized person with your background. I think it's wonderful. And uh, you, if you, as you go forward here, because I know you're very new. All right. Obviously, you're a good student. I know. I know that you had a good teacher with John, and I know that you're associated with a good group out there with Don and, and her bunch. So you got a lot of things going for you here. Yeah, and like I said, this this really is grabbing hold of me very strongly. I can't. I, I, can't, 
I cannot let a day pass without studying this stuff. It's uh, well, you know what? It's it did that to me thirty years ago, and it's never let go either. It only gets stronger. Someone could just warn you ahead of time. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, and and I love it. Honestly, I'm I'm discovering my love for law and especially common law. Law is so well. cool, you know. I yeah. mean, it really is. And once you get a grasp, especially of the correct basics. You'll be shocked at how how much it comes into your day to day life and helps you. These truths underlie everything. Yes, they do. They really do, and it's just really, really uh, rewarding. Uh, it's something that you never lose. That always goes with you. That can help you at a minute's notice. That gives you advantage over other people because you understand these basic principles and they don't. You can take even the knowledge of the basic principles and apply them to situations and use your logic and reason to come out with a with a better answer and a better course. And uh, I have found it tremendously beneficial. And I would have never, you know, you think about law, and when that is mentioned, you think of gobbledy goop you know and all this merchant law and all the procedure and all the crap and you know most attorneys hate what they do for a living more so than any other profession did you know that yes i've heard about that yeah yeah and you can understand why because you're in there in these uh, administrative courts using that administrative law and just trying to screw people and throw paperwork back and forth and you know all the ugliness side of it but the overall this common law and these basic principles man they're they're just really fulfilling and rewarding to understand and study and then when you get a chance to apply them you're going to go oh boy okay and I can't yeah. tell you how much it came in handy. My knowledge of this, when I was in Argentina and got in that automobile accident down there, holy smokes, man, I just, because I knew procedure and I knew all that stuff. In fact, in fact, I had a fabulous attorney, young kid, 25, 26. His daddy's a judge down there. He's raised in a judicial family, smart as a whip. I mean, number one in his high school class, number one in his law school class. At 27, he was already the secretary of the local bar. And we met at Tango, and I didn't know he spoke English. I'd seen him a time or two, but we'd never introduced, had a chance to talk. And so we're after a, a practice one Sunday night, we were all meeting at this Argentina's a cafe society, like Europe you know and we were meeting at this little cafe and had a couple of tables strung together and every every chair was full except one on the end next to me and avon walks up and sits down so we have a chance to talk and and uh i said oh wow you speak english yeah yeah so i said what do you do and he goes (laughs) he goes i'm an attorney i said god you're gonna be sorry you told me that (laughs) and i literally took over his life (laughs) with all the problems i had at that point and uh but he's the only person in 30 years that's ever answered the question correctly i have a litmus test question dan that i ask the legal researchers especially in our movement you know and that is what's the legal concept behind the meaning of the word person and i've never had anybody in the u.s answer it correctly not even attorneys all right and he answered it i'm not only correctly immediately i said what's the legal meaning behind the word person an entity to whom the law ascribes rights and duties bam that quick okay 
can be an artificial entity too well it can be but it's not and that's what our people think because they all say it's a corporate fiction and it, it can be a corporate fiction, but it's not exclusively a, a corporate fiction. It can be a right. trust. It can be a partnership. It can be an individual. And the important thing there is that word individual because it goes back to this formula. This is, you're, you're wanting to learn about this stuff. This is something you ought to put a little time into right off the bat. Anybody else out there this is really important. I talk about it occasionally. R plus D equals R. Have you heard me talk about that, Dan? Yeah, I believe so, but I never really quite understood what it means. All right, well, let's go into it a little bit because it's super important, especially for somebody at your stage, to get this basic stuff as early in this as you are. That's the formula that runs the world. And the reason it runs the world is because it controls every system of law in the world, and the systems of law run the world. Okay, And that formula stands for rights plus duties equal remedies. That's important to understand. And Brent, if you heard Brent on here, of course, Brent's a very accomplished lawyer. He's been studying this stuff for years, written a lot of books on it. And we discussed this, and he goes, well, I think rights and duties are the same thing. And I'm going, well, you know, that's a real high, that's a, a real high level of looking at it and thinking about it. And most of our folks are people like you that didn't have any familiarity here and they're just getting into this and it's much easier to, for you to understand the plus sign there rights plus duties and the fact that they're correlative you can't have one without the other now you hear a lot of people in our community talk about rights oh my constitutional rights my rights this you can't do that on my rights tread on my rights you very rarely hear them talk about duties and you virtually never hear them mention the word remedy and all three of those things are in the formula, okay? So if you've got a right to life, you've got a duty not to go take somebody else's life. So there's always a correlative position to a right, okay? And so the way you decide what a legal person is, an entity to whom the law ascribes rights and duties, is you find out what system of law they're getting their rights from, and it's that system of law to which they owe the correlative duties. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so if you're getting civil rights under the 14th Amendment, then you all owe all the duties to the federal government, which is abiding by all the administrative agencies' man-made laws, including IRS and paying taxes. Okay? So there's the relationship. So it's not are you a person, it's which person are you. Are you a person under the 14th Amendment? Are you a person that gets your rights from God and you owe God the correlative duties like a national state citizen? Are you somebody over in equity and you're getting some rights from equity and you owe the duties to equity? And you can be more than one person, okay? But that is how you determine what a legal person is, is by where they're getting the rights and to whom do they owe the correlative duties. Now, the other side of that formula is very important also, remedies. And notice that it, sitting over there by itself on the right, on the other side of the equal sign, is equal to both rights and duties on the left side of the equal sign. So it's really important, and you never hear our people talk about it at all. Okay? Now, how do you go in and use remedies? What remedies are they using on us? Because now you can identify what system of law is being used because they're not all the same. In fact, they're all different with the exception of just one or two. 
So the main remedies that they use on us are called self-help remedies. I'm sure you've heard me talk about this, right? Yeah, it's basically when they can just come in and do whatever when they feel like it. Well, the remedy's written into the contract. It's not that they feel like it. It's that the remedy has been triggered because something in the contract was breached. Okay? But it looks like they're doing it that way. All right? So when you go into self-help remedies, what are the only two systems of law in the history of the world where self-help remedies have been used? The law merchant inside the UCC. The Babylonian Merchant Code, all the same thing. And the manorial system on the feudal manor. Because they Wait, used the law merchant in the entire feudal system as the law mechanism on the manors. Where's the contract that says we're a 14th Amendment citizen? Well, you're born into it. You've agreed to it. The contract is a silent contract from the feudal era that runs generationally. And they flipped the switch on March the 9th of 33 and changed the system and put everybody into this feudal system. You didn't recognize it, but that's what it is. And so since then, every generation that's been born was born into the system. And that's why they ask you the questions. The contract that you're agreeing, you're already in the contract that you don't know about, and they don't want to tell you about it. But what they do is they ask you the two questions. Are you a citizen of the United States? Are you a resident? And you agree to it and give them your consent. Because it's the feudal system, you can volunteer in and you can volunteer out. And they have to recognize it, and that's why they recognize it when you change statuses. But you got to do it with the right guy. Yeah, and also I'd like to quickly add to that, is, and that comes out of the book I'm reading currently on the UCC 1-308, is where he says that your parents unknowingly enter you into this contract with your birth certificate because no, they well, signed that. That's, that's not, the birth certificate represents it. Your parents didn't do that. And that that represents the condition. It doesn't cause the position. That's where I disagree with this guy. But go ahead. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that, I'm just, you know, putting that out there. And that makes sense to me um, because when he, he says that basically if your parents would have signed it with without prejudice UCC 1-308, then they would void that contract. I don't. I don't. Right I don't. Beginning. I don't think that's true, but it may be. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because where the parents didn't sign is a document that is generated after you're born called a verification of facts. Have you heard us talk about that, Dan? Oh, right. That's the real. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And the reason the parents don't sign it is because you're they're in a condition of servitude, and under this system, when they have you, because they're objects of the federal property rights, you become objects of the federal property right at birth. That's what the birth certificate represents, and that's why they don't sign the verification of facts because you're not transferring status on your bloodline. It's by where you're born and who your parents are, okay? But that's the underlying thing here. Here's the other example I'd give you recently. Um, The uh, six months or so in England, I know you've heard us talk about it, the National 
institute of health or health institute whatever it is over there mom has the baby they're doing the covid pcr test baby squalling mother turns and objects the nurse says you can't object we this baby's our property well that baby doesn't have a birth certificate yet and he's property already he's a newborn hadn't had a chance to have a birth certificate printed yet but he's still property and even the nurse in the hospital knows it yeah okay so this is the mechanism that the entire patriot communities they're always looking it's a social security number it's a birth certificate all these things was but not the social security number but the birth certificate represents the condition it doesn't cause it what the birth certificate does this was my john benson's idea i'm sure he's absolutely he was right on everything there's no reason it, it, it operates perfectly if you go look uh and you're studying commercial law a little bit go in and look at a document a, a called a warehouse receipt and that here again everything serves dual purposes so the birth certificate is a, a document which tells all the specifics of your birth who your parents were how much you weighed what your eyes were colored what your hair was if you had any all that stuff right so it serves that purpose but underneath that it's serving this purpose as a warehouse receipt which is the basis for all of our financial system have you heard us talk about this dan this is really important, okay? Yeah, no, I, I do know about the warehouse receipt and birth certificate and okay. the, um, the the certificate of uh, facts. What is it called again? Verifica- verification of facts is what they call it in Texas. I would imagine it's on all the other states. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, yeah, and that's the one that goes into the um, armed facility. Okay, well, that is the one where they transfer the information from that on the federal government terminal that's in every hospital and they transfer that to the Bureau of Vital Statistics. They then print the birth certificate and produce it and then they put it in a bank safe with armed guards. Okay? And that shows you that it is a warehouse receipt or else they wouldn't put it in a safe with armed guards 24-7 because it's got value and the with the warehouse receipt the warehouse receipt takes on the quality of the good and the good takes on a shadowy existence so you at that point take on the condition of a slave a shadowy existence of a slave and you become the birth certificate now they take that and attach it as collateralizing your future income to the bonds so let me ask you this then um for naturalized citizens would the naturalization certificate represent that warehouse receipt in our case it may but i'm just not sure you know on some of these Mm -hmm. fine points i i've never even thought that through that much because quite frankly we've never dealt with that many naturalized people as we're doing now i mean i begged for a naturalized person for years (laughs) because i wanted to test it we had whites we had blacks the other was naturalized and finally got one and yeah they got status changed it worked you know i've had to you know i feel i feel somewhat like a blind guy you know i mean i've got most certainly got some eyesight problems but i'm not totally blind but i feel like a blind guy that you see walking down the street with one of those canes with the red tip and he's hadn't feeling everything out that's how i've had to progress on this for years i didn't have anybody to help me 
I had the basis that John and Glenn gave me. They didn't realize their deal was taxes. They weren't into all this stuff here. There wasn't anybody else in the patriot community I could go commiserate with because none of them know, know virtually nothing about all this stuff and the realities of it. So I was really like a blind guy with a white cane just tapping my way along and trying to see what obstacles were there I had to get around. Hey, I got one of those, Roger. I'm sure you do, Dave. I was thinking about you when I said that, man. So, um, although mine isn't white anymore, I got I got camouflage duct tape on it. Okay, good, good deal. <laughs> um so uh so anyway that's all really important information dan you're a lucky guy to get into this hold on just a second to get into this and to get this amount of really factual information within the first month and a half that you've been into this you're a fortunate guy who was trying to say roger just then roger dan hey Uh, the other dan from the other side of the from pittsburgh you got it all right i just want to clear up you said you volunteer in, you can volunteer out, you must do it with the right guy. I wrote down Secretary of State. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And why? He's the guy that is in charge of issuing passports. Let me tell you, one of that, you know, we mentioned the Eustace Mullins book, Secrets of the Federal Reserve, earlier. It's one of the early books that I read when I was voraciously reading and could read back in those days to stay up half or more of the night reading every night, you know. And there was a statement. It's funny how I'd read something, it would stick in my mind. That's happened. I've got several examples of that. But this is really important. And in, in the secrets of the Federal Reserve, Eustace Mullins was saying after they got control of the Federal Reserve, the first cabinet position they went after was a secretary of state. Well, I was going, because I was green as a twig now, okay? I'm going, well, why would they do that? Well, wouldn't they go after Treasury first or some of these other? Why are they going after the Secretary of State? He deals with all these foreign countries. And when I got and figured this out and I understood that the Secretary of State is the guy you got to go to to get out of it, that's why they went after the Secretary of State because they had to get this system set up at the Secretary of State's office because he was going to control everybody's status shortly thereafter. That's why they went after. Of course, you know, the foreign foreign implications, we're seeing that like in the Ukraine and stuff right now. But it really answered a big question for me. And the reason he's got that responsibility, Dan, Dan too, is because he's the guy that's always been responsible for issuing passports. And if he's going to issue an official document that's going to represent you to foreign powers, he's got to be representing you correctly and have all the control over your status, which he does. That's why they went after the State Department first, I think. Do you have an audiobook version of Sovereign to Serve? No, I do not. Why not? I just haven't sat down and read it or anything else over all these years. I've had a couple of people ask about it over the years. Yeah, because I I can't afford the time to read, but I certainly can listen while I'm working. Well, the best thing to do is to probably use the archives and listen to these programs. Okay. 
okay just a suggestion uh you know it's very intricate there's a lot of old english in there and uh i just never have wanted to sit down and tackle the task of uh, of reading the audio book quite frankly i'd love to do it because i'd love for my mother to hear it quite frankly well get on your horse man. well I, if i can get my eyesight i can't read very well it's a problem you know, I have a hard time reading. I have to blow things up and magnify a bunch. But I will say I'm very excited. I've stumbled on a product. Uh, Dave, you, this may be may interest you. Uh, I stumbled on a product from one of these YouTube ads. And I'd so one of the listeners had sent me uh, something similar a while back, and I'd never watched it. And I sat down and watched that one and the other ones I had. And even though they're different brand names, they're the same deal and the same company, and they got the same little logo on their little web uh, tab. So I'm sure it's the same deal. Well, I ordered uh, six bottles uh, Monday uh, for $300 or $50 a bottle. They got a 60-day guarantee on them, Dave. And uh, they say they'll restore all kinds of different eyesight problems. So I'll keep you all posted i'll get them here first of march when robert comes back from georgia and brings all this stuff but uh, i'm quite excited and a little bit hopeful for the first time in a little while that there may be something that can help me out and change the situation with my eyesight at this point so we'll see don't want to get my expectations up but i'm sure got a little bit of hope for a change hey roger yes is it dawn it is my hey dawn Hey, hon. How you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm good, pretty good. excited. I've got a nice interview this afternoon with Jim White on the uh, two hours that we're going to do on Mike Adams' network here Thursday and Friday. They're going to splice that up into hour-long segments. So I'll uh, get to do deal with Jim again, and hopefully we can get him to yank on Mike Adams' ear and say, you need to listen to this information. <laughs> Is this on RBN? No, it'll be on Brighteon Radio, Mike Adams' new radio network. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, question. So, I just realized that, um, you know, I'm bo- I was born in Massachusetts. So, I just discovered that Massachusetts is a Commonwealth state. Um, is that have any kind of less for me i don't think so uh, we've you know we've got a small boston contingency now uh they haven't been very vocal here lately but we got three or four guys from the boston area and uh they've just sailed right through the process in fact one of them lewis is uh lewis is on vacation he goes to florida during the cold months of the year and he's down there and i've been missing him on the air because i like to uh, i like him a lot and i i like to have him on here i think he was on here yesterday for a minute i wrote him an email the other day because i hadn't heard from him and just said are you doing all right everything okay and he, he said well i'm on i'm just on vacation okay so anyway. here, hey lewis hey, okay man here, well, great well let's say hello to Don lewis and tell her a little hey, bit Dawn. are you getting any problems with massachusetts being a commonwealth not as far as i'm concerned no. <laughs> well what was why don't you tell don your story about calling the uh, the tip o'neill federal building uh so when i uh, uh, went through the process and applied for a new passport and declared my my status i had an issue with getting my passport card and it was partly my own fault But I did receive the passport back without the card and then tried to uh, 
uh, go into the passport office in Boston, which they have an office there where you can get it. And when I called to make that appointment, um, the woman yeah, had a little bit of an attitude with me initially. And then uh, once she ran my my stats uh, and the, all of a sudden her attitude changed and she informed me that uh, they could not uh, question me uh, about my uh, my status uh, as far as uh, was I vaccinated or not when I went into the building there, which huh. if you live in Boston, you know how crazy they are, um, and especially, uh, do you live there now, Dawn? No, I live in California. Now, yeah. oh, so another crazy state. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you went from one uh, to the other. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, they definitely, uh, they definitely. Uh, she, she in particular, definitely took on a different attitude with me. Uh, she really changed it, and uh, it went from not having an appointment where I would have to travel some other state, New York or Canada, whatever, to all of a sudden I got an appointment, which I thought was interesting as well. Huh. Okay. So that's a nice change of attitude when it comes up that you're a national. So there, Dell, your buddy Dell, and then uh, and I forgot your other buddy's name that joined. Skip. 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 Oh, yes. Skip. Hey, Skip. You're Skip's with us on too. too. Well, I've been missing you, Boston guys, Dad Gummin. I'm glad to see you back. We can't yeah. hit this button fast enough. <laughs> I almost broke my finger the other day. Somebody got in ahead of me. <laughs> I want to ask Lewis, what part of Florida are you in now? Have you gone down there on your fishing trip yet? Oh, yeah. I've been out with my uh, my cousin, and we're down in Key West. Right now I'm up in Fort Lauderdale, but, uh, you know, I've been traveling around yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you, you, you put a good couple of good ones in the box down there, did oh, you? Oh, I sure did. Yeah, I love, I love going out with him. He's a captain, you know, so it's, it's a lot of fun. And um, one of the loves yeah, of my life, right there. Yeah, it is. It is great, and um, uh, it's uh, it's different here. But but, but let Dawn get back to her her, her okay. uh, question. Before, before Lewis goes, I'd like to ask him a quick question on his passport card. Sure. Does it have the word "national" on the front? I don't believe so. No. But I'll I'll look real quick because I have it handy. I bet it has uh, USA. But it has USA on it, Lewis. I'm sure it does. Yeah. National on the front of the card. I'm yes. looking at mine. It's not there. No. Under nationality, it will right. say USA or U.S. national. USA. And how many stars do you have on your card? How many stars matter? Nationality. It says USA. There you go. Yeah, it should say national. Well, that is that is a, that is a national. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that point, but I I'm not 100 percent certain on it. Well, I'm you see, what I'm certain, I, I would think that if it's American Samoan, I'll bet you'd get national or non-citizen national. They would differentiate them, but they're not going to go to the links they've gone to to hide this behind the American Samoans and all the other stuff and then put it on the front of your passport card where you can go around, look, look, mine's different, you slave. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> How else are you going to tell? They won't tell you. Well, no, they won't. Is this Jeff? Is this Jeff? Roger. Oh, it's, Roger. oh hey, Rog. We hadn't heard from you in a while either. I've been busy doing this. This uh, 
proving that I am a national in their eyes. Well, you see, now here's Skip, I mean Lewis. He had that experience with the girl at the passport office. Her attitude totally changed, and on the front of his card it says USA. I would imagine on a regular card that it would have U.S., but I could be wrong, but that would be my supposition at this point, knowing the way these guys work. It has USA. Pardon? It has USA. I've had a passport card for a long time. Okay, so both of them have USA on it. Yes, both the one and the old one. And just, guys, um, I did send my passport card back with a bunch of documentation stating that I believe they made an error and that it should say U.S. National. However, I haven't gotten the the letter back explaining why they determined that that is not the case. Um, but I did a status update on my application, and it said it actually freaked me out for a little bit because it said that I'm not um, what they say I'm not applicable for a passport card, and so they're rejecting my. Um, my request. So I called and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I I just got that card. Are you saying that you're going to hold to it? Because I mean, it doesn't make sense. And she's like, no, 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 that's just the standard uh, lingo use, but they're going to um, they'll send it back with a letter of why they are uh, not fixing it. Okay. So I was like, okay. So I'm waiting to get that let you guys know see here our people are like roger they want you know little neon lighting and flashing arrows going national 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 and these guys have gone to all this trouble to hide it they're not going to do that well their own internal documents say they're supposed to well i can't I, i can't help that i know how they operate and it my feeling is that they'd never do that okay well, I'm going to hold them to it. Well, try. I mean, I'm not telling you not to. Uh, I think it's great to try and hold their feet to the fire. That's how we get answers on some of this exactly. stuff, too. But uh, but just knowing these creeps and the links they've gone to to hide this, I don't see them giving an outright differentiation to us when we're different. Because they don't want you showing the other sheep and going, I'm different from you. You're a slave and I'm not. Nah, 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 nah. Okay. When they hide Can we get copies of those documents? Hold on, hold on. Everybody's trying to talk at once. Raj? When they hide it, it makes it more difficult for us. Yeah, of course. Well, hell, that's what they want. God <laughs> no, said. Well, well I'm, I'm not going to allow them to do it. That's bottom okay. line. I'd like right. to ask Dawn, uh, did you send a letter or did you send Form 5504? And I did, did both. So I sent 5504 plus I did a... a cover letter stating the reasons why i think it was wrong plus i added the fam 8 document with it um highlighting that and then i highlighted the term national and what that means and all that kind of stuff okay okay um i would suggest if anybody out there can get an appointment with the passport company, like one of the agencies or sub-agencies, and ask this question, 
um, I'd greatly appreciate it because everything out here is like a six-month wait. Well, now, listen, let me throw something into the arena here, Dawn, for you and others. I have been informed that... I have been Hold it. I'm getting feedback on what I'm saying. Somebody, please knock your mute off. Thank you. Um, the uh, There are companies that you can go to that will do your passport application for you. I don't know the names of them or anything else, but I've just found out somehow recently that there are these companies that are like jobbers. You know, you hire them to go do this for you. I'm not sure what they charge or anything else, but that's another option. You might talk to some of those people if you can find any of them. I'm just throwing that out there. Now, who was came, who, who joined in a minute ago and asked for the it, internal? Sorry, it was Gary. Dan. The question was, Gary. Someone, someone mentioned that there are internal documents that say that the card should show national yeah. Can we I'll get put, those? Uh, who's who's asking? The, first of all, who's asking the question right here? Dan Pittsburgh. Dan, I will put up the internal list of all the numerical designations at the end of uh, on the show description today. This That's is inter- not what I'm asking for. Okay. Well, Dan? then I won't do it. Yes. <laughs> Dan, I will go ahead and I'll put the link in the chat. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Hey, Roger. Hey, Gary. Hi, buddy. I was busy earlier when you asked for me. Yeah, well, that's okay. I Monday night, I had, I had two new people come up and tell me that they're putting in affidavits. Oh, wonderful, man. I'm just so proud of so, you and what you're doing out there. And then, too, I wanted to add to this little discussion that's been going on. Okay, put national or anything else on the passport, you know, you got to realize, people, they they publicly said or in their statement that they're not issuing any certificates anymore because the paper and the ink's too expensive, which is about the biggest bullshit excuse I've ever heard. <laughs> what do you mean? So, <laughs> so they're not, they don't, they, that right there should tell you they don't want anything out here that you can show other people. Now that certificate, you know, you know, Touché. let's get back to let's get back to spe- specifics. That is only for American Samoans, the certificate of non-citizen nationality. And our right. people, and I understand how and why they want to grab because uh, now I know I'm not a citizen. I don't want to be one of those slaves. I'm a non-citizen national. But no, those are only American Samoans. You know, people say, "Well, I'm a non-citizen national." I said, "No, you're not. You're not American Samoan. You're a national." Okay. Yeah, well, they, that, that ought to just show you right there that they don't want anything out here showing anything else. They sure don't. sure don't. And because then it'd be too e- it would be too easy for us to convince other people that, hey, well, this guy's passport says this. Right. Well, why doesn't, what, what, not, why does mine say this? Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Gary. I mean, you got to remember who you're dealing with here. You're dealing with the scum of the earth. They Boy, don't want it. people becoming activists. I tend to agree with you guys on that. I, t- I really believe that that's why they're not stating different. But I can tell you firsthand, this is Lewis from Boston, that they're going to treat you differently. That I can tell you. Well, and, 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 and if you that, got any, the- if you got any qualms about whether they've got your document on file, go deal with them and see if they treat you differently. Yeah, I just want to know what they're seeing that makes them go, oh, okay. Well, I can I can tell you this, that the, and you've probably heard this uh, story, Don, but 
our first naturalized person was at about the same time we were having problems with skype and i had a guy call in he goes i'm an it guy i think i can help you with your skype problems we used to use skype to do all this phone stuff and use it in the show so we get on the phone that night and he goes i've got paperwork on file he launches into this and i'm expecting us to talk about skype and technical stuff okay and so i what i didn't ask him any questions and he caught me off guard but this is what he said he said i'm an it guy and i work for about 15 different agencies as it and he said i don't have a top security clearance but i've got friends that do i've got paperwork on file with the secretary and i asked my friend with top security clearance to run my profile and it came back he told me i was listed as a diplomatic courier Okay. Now, we've had other people say one of the other designations, ambassador at large. So here's what you got to think again, thinking in the enemy. They don't want in the back office on your top secret profile there that only certain people can access. They're not going to have a slot in there. Oh, Dawn's a state citizen national. She caught us. They're going to have to hide that somewhere okay and a diplomatic courier would have a lot of the same hands-off approach of a state citizen ambassador at large same thing so that's what i think is going on here but they don't want that option in the profile where every bureaucrat that has the ability to drag it up can go a state citizen national what's that how come i hadn't heard about that Again, their propensity to hide this is deep and cover it over as good as they can cover it over. Well, if anyone else has another experience like what, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, in Boston. Lewis. Lewis. Um, If you could just, if you notice a change in them, just say, hey, can you just let me know, like, what exactly does it say on my passport? They're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you because they're they, they either they don't know or the, the allegiance that they swear. They're not going to tell you, but they're going to act differently towards you, especially if you know you know who you are and you know what you've declared. Don, did you hear me tell the story about the 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 first naturalized person I had? His wife called in. It was right just before this. The incident that they had was within a week of this other one I just told you about. And they came, boom, boom, just like that. She calls up. Her name was Victoria, I believe. And she goes, you know, we'd like to – my husband's naturalized. He's a Mexican. He came over when he was young. He's naturalized young. He's been through the military. He's retired, and we live in Dallas now. And I'd like to ask these questions. And, you know, my propensity here is to get folks like that on the air so everybody can learn, see? I mean, I'm into everybody learning learning all right i don't want to have a monopoly on this stuff okay and so she came on for two hours we explained everything victoria wrote all the paperwork up she submitted for both of them they both got passport books evidently and cards then they went to california where he was from maybe she too i don't know oh yeah you told okay. me about, that about the airport okay yeah and she said the guy with the check-in they checked in the airport for the other people that didn't know this they flew back to dallas one way they must have driven a car out or something okay but anyway they only had a one-way flight they went to lax they used their passport cards as identification to check into the flight the guy checks them in he goes go over there in the long line you know where they take shoes and your belt and strip down and everything else they put something up your rectum whatever goes on over there you know and so she said 
he came running over, and that's the exact word she used. She said, he came running over to that line and grabbed us and said, I put you in the wrong line and took him over and shot him through the express line. Now, why else would that happen except that something flashed on that profile when they used the passport card? There's no other reason, see? Yeah, but I think, didn't someone just recently go on the plane and nothing happened? I don't know. I want to say that... Um, Is that pageant? Pageant, yeah. yeah. Oh, pageant. Well, listen, with pageant, there's no telling. <laughs> May I? Yes. Is that right? I have another question for Dawn. What about your pass, uh, passport book? Did it had an, have an endorsement on page 27? I did not um, reissue get a reissue for my passport book because i don't plan traveling internationally i don't have a hundred and some odd dollars to pay for that so i just did the card well okay um i was going to send both my card and book in but i i am very hesitant of that because where did you send yours to philadelphia uh yes i do believe it was philadelphia The reason I hesitate with that, because I was going to send both, uh, because, like, what if I lose my card and uh, still have my book with an endorsement? I can use that while Mm -hmm. the card is being replaced. That's why I was hesitant to send both. But I would send it registered mail. However, the only thing Philadelphia has is a P.O. box. And yep. uh, you can't do registered mail to a P.O. Nope. box. So now I'm uh, double. No. No, you um, can. I did. I think you For can. Your instructions yeah, say don't write registered mail. You don't, know, want it. you don't want to use registered mail. You want to use certified. certified I want to use yeah. registered. <laughs> well, you use certified plus the return, um, the green yes. slip. It's a return receipt. So that way someone has to sign it and then it gets mailed back to you. So you not only have a tracking from the certified, but you have a return receipt. Showing I understand all that, but I want to use registered because if they fool around with me, like keep the card, but send the book back or anything of that nature, the registered mail goes through the post office and the other mail goes through the postal service. And I don't think they fall under the international postal. Registered, union. registered mail is only for things that have intrinsic value. This certainly has intrinsic value well, to me. Okay. Well, I mean, I can't argue with that, but I'm just telling you the reason that they recommend you don't use is because <laughs> and you can ask Jeff. Jeff's on here. He was a postal employee. Well, I, I used it already on, on a, my initial affidavit, and it went through just fine. Okay. Well, suit yourself. Yeah, I will. I will. And I want to send it registered, and I can't to Philadelphia. And so um, I'm looking yeah, for I just I did it certified um, with the return receipt, and I had no problems yeah. whatsoever. Um, it came back to me. Sending so. a... Uh, an affidavit with uh, certified mail. If it ever winds up in a court, they can just throw that out. Just throw it out as evidence. So how? I I, I just don't, don't agree with that, Roger. Sorry. I don't agree. Okay, fine. 
Because uh, anything that goes through the post office, I mean, as soon as it's in their hands, it's it's uh, it's not going through the post office. That's what I said before. It's it is going through, it the, is post going through the post office. Jeff, are you there? Hello. Wait, can I just state something? Yes, I'm here. Nastasha. Yeah, hey, Nastasha. Can I just... I just want to throw in there, with all my legal documents, I use the form book with the certified, and the form book gets stamped, and that is recognized in a court of law if there is no... Um, if the green card gets lost, whatever, the form card... Uh, I mean, the form book... They have to stamp that book, and it is a layer of protection. What is the form book? You can get one. They're all free at the post office. Some post offices will give you a hard time. Um, I had to fight for mine a little bit, but others willingly give it to you. And it's a legal doc. It's a legal book that you write in all the information of your mail and they have to stamp it when they receive your envelope to mail. And that's another layer of, um, of, um, it's considered, it's absolutely considered received at that point when you, when they stamp that book. When it goes into the system, it's considered received. And but yet you have the form book with the stamp with the information that is recognized in a court of law. And I know people who use this for law documents. Jeff. And it's free, it's available for everybody. And it just takes this all out of there because I had a legal document that I sent registered mail and the post office still screwed that up. They put it through wow. as certified and i i needed that signature because it was a legal document so um you know i just i just use the form book now roger do you know I've the difference between registered and certified mail and the way it's processed and we got a retired person from the post office here jeff do you know the difference between those two and the reason i know this is because i work for pitney bows and we knew more about the postal regulations than most of the postal employees okay so the difference do you know the difference between the two and the way they're between processed registered and certified correct but i'm asking roger if he knows Yes, I do. The the registered is is uh, hand carried by a postal employee every step of the way. It gets locked at every junction point where it sits for a while. Yes and no. And one the the postal person who delivered it usually hands it to the next one, uh, just like Pony Express, you know. And it, uh, it never leaves the post offices, uh, the post office. Not the post Everybody office. that touches the package has to sign for it, and exactly. it is put it's into a locked cage that they it have in the back of the in post a office safe. There you go. Or thing. It is in somebody's custody who has signed for it. Okay. That's it. I'm well aware of that. I've been through it all. Mm -hmm. It's pretty basic, you know. It's it's common sense. And, and the reason is registered mail. The reason is because you you pay extra for it. It takes longer, but if you want to use it, knock yourself out. You know. So what's certified? 
Pardon me? Same thing, only it doesn't get signed for as register does. It's just certified means there's a certification that it's been mailed. That's it. And it's you can get tracking on it. Well, sure. And the reason it the registered is signed and has to be signed by everybody is because that type of mail is what they use to send things that are valuable. Having yeah, tra- gold, metal. silver, all the metals dealers use registered mail. Well, I consider Bu- bearer bonds. Very valuable. Okay, well, I, then that's I can't argue with that, Rog. I'm just trying to make it, this differentiation. That's on that thing. Then go for it. Waste your time. No problem. Okay. <laughs> I'd be glad to waste my time on that. I mean, it, 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 the package you put it in, there can't be any kind of an open uh, edge on no, it. No, Everything I, has to have a tape sealed. on it and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's all totally sealed to yep. show any kind of interference with it, if possible. So, anyway. hey, Roger? Yes. Gary. Did, did everybody, and this Chuck. Oh, it's Chuck. Okay, sorry. You and Gary sound he's, a little bit alike. He's, How got you doing? A worse, he's got a worse Southern accent than I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a deeper one. Um, pageant. I don't understand how people keep missing this detail. The reason pageant they bypassed her uh, card or her status or whatever you want to put it is because the airport that she went through did not have a card reader. Oh, that's right. That's right. She went to a little podunk airport out there. Yeah. I mean, that's. If she had gone through a regular airport through LAX, and, the, and that happened, then you know, then you could say something. But okay, I'd forgotten about that. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I haven't gotten my green cards back. Yeah, it's been taking a lot of time to get the green cards, the return receipt requested back. I've heard some people comment here on the show about it. Jeff said, just wait. You know, some people asked the post office, he said, just wait, it'll get to you. Yeah, don't worry about it. You'll get them. Uh, I got it. We got ours. You'll get them. I'm so, sorry. I've, I've, I have not gotten some of mine back with the legal documents. And the post office has said, oh, it probably got caught in some magazine. And it doesn't get returned to the post office. Or the misdelivery, no one does with it. So I've not gotten green cards back. Okay. Well, Just I can FYI. understand that's what... why I go through the form book. Okay. Anyway, thank okay. you. That's a very, uh, that's a good Nastasha. The form book. I'd never heard of that before. Jeff, had you heard of that? Uh, no, unless it goes by a different name. No, I haven't. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I'd like to know more about it. Then. Okay. So everybody, when you go to the post office, belligerently ask them for a form book booklet book whatever and see what information we can get back that might be very valuable for us yeah be belligerent damn it actually it might be a firm it might be called a firm book a firm okay a firm or a form one of the two i think it's a firm book no it's It's very thick it's a firm filling book Uh, is there no mb number for that thing <laughs> I'll pull it out and look at it. It's very okay. thick. It's very large. Okay, a firm. F I R. Now we got the name straight. It's a firm. F F I R M. Yes. Okay. Well, I can be as thick as that volume, so I'd like to read it myself. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna sit and bring you out of retirement to find out about it, Jeff. I didn't retire. I quit that. <laughs> Expletive deleted. The P S form three eight. I can't hear you over the waterfall. Somebody, somebody's running water there. What was it again, Nastasha? P. Sorry. Don P. S. Form 
3877. Okay, PS form 3877. Yeah. I guess the we got the waterfall stopped too. It's it it says firm mailing book for accountable mail. Oh, and okay. It's um and so you can only do so many per page and they stamp the top of the book. You put in the kind of postage, the price, where you mailed it to. You put all that information and your certified green card information. And um, and I mean, I don't know how many pages I have in here, but um, it's... It'll last me a lifetime. That's okay. For sure. So when you, it's got some entries in. When you send something that you put in this book, you put all that information in. You present that when you're giving them the the what you're mailing, and they take their little stamp and boom, boom, stamp it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And um, and this is what they the this is what a lot of people use who deal with the court system. Okay, cool. I was getting some pushback to where it was like, well, what are you using it for? And I said, well, it's really none of your business. It's legal documents that I need this for. They're they're supposed to give it to anybody and everybody. So, hmm. and I, I was at the main post office in downtown L.A. So they gave me a little bit of a pushback, but the supervisor, she hunted one down and got it for me that is great information don i've never heard this before no this is nastasha nastasha i'm sorry and getting you two mixed up that's great information i've never heard this before and i didn't know we could use that so that is a, a, a anytime you find out something new like that in this little game it's it's really good to me kind of lights me up so thank you thank and then you. like that's at the awesome. very bottom like there's eight entries per page okay and then they write in the bottom four of four because i sent four that day and then they also sign it Hmm. it's 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 the post person's um signature as well as the stamp wow i've just never heard of that and (laughs) so if you never get a green card back which i have never gotten a green card often during this past six 12 months um because you know covid um The um, this just takes care of it. It's done. Right. Would you put that in chat, please? That phone number. Sure. Thanks. Okay. Good. Thank you. Sure. You're welcome. Yes. Was that you, oh, Gary? You yeah. Just to let you know, I've used one of those in the past on several occasions. Okay. I never heard yeah. of it. It's news to me. They didn't teach us also, that at Pitney Blows. Also, just. If you're questioning whether or not they got it or not, just get on their website, the post office website, print out the confirmation that it was delivered, and keep that as part of your record. Now, that's probably what you ought to do in lieu of the green or in in addition to it is do what Gary just said and put it in your folder with that whatever information you got in that folder. Track it. I did that, but just so you know, with the certified mail, just in case, they only – um that's only available for i don't know 60 days now of course you're going to track it and print it out in less than 60 days but um it, this is just another layer for me okay cool oh, hey, roger who just said roger right is that jimbo yeah hey, man. yeah i just got on are you talking about the registered book no we're talking about a thing called a firm book 
Yeah, it's probably the same thing. Could be. I've got one here on my shelf. Um, it's basically for registered mail numbers. No, it, it this was for evidently for any kind of mailing you're doing oh. and not registered. Yeah, it's well, only. I've got it. Can, I've been using it for years. It, you have to have certified mail, registered mail. Okay, it, it one of those two categories. Number. Okay, well, gotcha. Gotcha. accountable mail. Yeah, I've got accountable I've mail. Got a whole of the registered labels as well. Okay, well, you and Raj need to get together. <laughs> uh, Jeff. Uh, yep. Yep. Did you say you can send registered mail to a post office box? Somebody you can send mail to anywhere you want. I would think, Raj, that they would just put one of those little notices in the post office box. You've got a registered mail, and you got to go to the post office and go get it. Yeah, you have to go to the window, and if you're you know, outside of business hours, then you're out of luck. But you know, during business hours, if they put that notice in your P.O. box or deliver it to your home, you just bring it to them, and that clerk over the counter will give it to you. Well, uh, that's what they did with my post office box, but... Um one of the government forms, uh, passport forms, said don't send this form. It wasn't the 5504, but it was one like it. They said don't send this to a P.O. box. That sounds kind of stupid to me. I don't believe it. Well, I did. I thought so, too. Why for that one? It was like an 82 form. And Your the, P.O. box is just as relevant or authorized, you know, whatever term you want to throw in there as your your post office box at home doesn't matter well that was uh one of the forms for the passport goes to philadelphia also you sure it wasn't not to send it to their p.o box uh, it, it just had the uh philadelphia central passport office that's all it said with a P.O. box. There were two forms mentioned. One of them had that disclaimer in it, not to send it to the P.O. box, and the other one uh, didn't say anything, really. Well, they're particular about where they receive it. That's all. Okay. In that case. And I hey, think- Roger. Yes. Sorry. I'm curious. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm curious about this. When you when you did your affidavit, did you do it through a passport, or did you just directly do it to the Secretary of State? The last one I sent, I did it to uh, I I did it at the post office with the application for passport. And have you put the Secretary of State on notice as well individually? Uh, like, aside not, from that, after that, have you also put him on? I, I know it went through him. But have you put him again on a non on notice again? A, a, a cold a cold affidavit without the passport. Yeah, out. exactly. That's what I'm asking. I, my original one in 2017 was a cold one. Okay, but then it's been uh, replaced with um, two newer ones, and the, the last one term is a naked. A naked. That's N-E-K-I-I-D. Well, I, I trust mine, so you know, maybe maybe that's why it didn't happen. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, they got them right. <laughs> I mean, you, you, oh, yeah, so yeah. they got your affidavits. Okay, I got the return <laughs> card on the uh, registered one, and I believe I got the um, 
I sent the next one um, certified. They got that too. And uh, the last one I did at the post office and, of course, didn't get anything back. Uh, I understand your frustration, where you're going, where you want solid proof in writing, and, and, and I get all that. Uh, I, 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 some people have heard me say this. I spoke with uh, this gentleman. I know he's a judge in Massachusetts. And he was a lawyer. Then he was a judge. Now he's back in private practice. And I started questioning him about all this stuff. And uh, same thing. He just kept going back to, I agree with you. I agree with you, but he wouldn't open the door any further. We had, Lewis, while you've been out fishing, we had a story come out, I think it was some, out of the Montana stuff, of a guy that was a federal prosecutor and a federal judge, and he's retired, and he's got an okay. affidavit. He's filed an affidavit. Well, they haven't. Okay. okay. So can I just a- ask you, I know we're getting short on time, but we, I've heard the story about the, the woman in England, and I'm very curious about this because I've talked to pregnant ladies about it. Before the baby is born, the, the hospitals uh, are at them about the name, what they're going to name the child. And, and if they don't give a name, they, they've really pressured hard to give a name. Does that have any effect, Roger, on well, the, the baby becoming property once the baby's delivered? If they don't I don't have a name. Oh, it doesn't it? I, it, it has a bearing on the fact that they can't assign a social security number at birth. Okay, which they're doing without a legislation, one of those big treaties in the 90s. They now yep. issue a Social Security thing at birth. And then I had a guy whose kid wouldn't listen to him, right? You know how that works. They went in, they had their first child, and they got a birth certificate and had a name. And by the time the second child came along, they were aware of what's happening. And they got out of the hospital without a birth certificate because they said they didn't have a name for the child yet. And what happened? later on was the administrator of the hospital went in and applied for the birth certificate for them so obviously the birth the hospital's getting a kickback from the federal government on the new property identification they are and yeah. they have to have a name that's why they just fill out the form but don't send it to commerce or anything yeah, yeah. Welcome to i'm sure it has something to do with the social security number at this stage initially but the birth certificate fantails right in there okay that's what right, when nicole that. our gal from Cal- southern california we haven't heard back from she's got a friend that was about to have her first child and saying well we go find a midwife and have it outside of the hospital you know so, uh, well, look, our whistler is whistling, and that means we're close to the end here. Let me see if I can get his volume. Get that whistle turned down there. Uh, good show today. All Dan and the California folks. Appreciate Don. Good to hear from you and Nastasha, too. And, 38 uh, people on board. A good deal. Uh, by the way, we're going to have limitations. Nastasha went and got a hold of Jitsi or something, has got the limitations. They're trying to bump it up to 75. I think it's at about 50 now, and they said if they're trying to get it up to 100 and you can flip it over to youtube on a live stream which i'm not sure how that'll work for us but anyway thanks nastasha for finding that out and uh yes who said hey roger right there it's dave i wanted to share some fun facts i learned this morning you better share them quick um, so that that corona test was 
was called the COVID-19. They came up with it in 2017. And uh, Corona is a bright circle. Uh, Delta in Greek is a triangle. And Omicron, however you say that, in Greek is an I. Okay. You get the symbolism? Well, kind of. Seeing I hovering over that pyramid on the back of the dollar bill, the the Illuminati, that's who created this this whole pandemic. No question about that. By the way, Vera, we just got kicked off, but Veritas, you might want to check Veritas' 